Welcome back to On Point, everybody. This episode of the podcast is a collaboration episode again with the Lethal Podcast guys. Uh, I'm joined by Matt, Rob, and Garrett Fairchild, and we talk about the new bow lineups for this year and uh, just have a really good discussion about what everybody liked, maybe what we didn't like, some kind of trends that we're seeing with the new bows this year, and uh, overall, what are our favorite top three bows? What are we going to go with? Um, what are we really looking at? And uh, just really had a great conversation with these guys. Before we start, one quick reminder is that the bow reviews are hitting YouTube. Uh, right now, we got PSE, Bowtech, Matthews, and Hoy already uploaded. The bow comparison videos will be up very soon. Just be sure to go onto YouTube, search my name, Garrett Weaver. I'll pull right up, click that subscribe button with the bell icon, and uh, catch that content on there. There's a lot of good information, and folks are really digging those videos. So outside of that, appreciate you listening, and I'll see you at the end. Bye. So, Garrett, I would like to thank you personally, uh, one, for being here. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, and uh, two, for your videos, including heavier arrows. <laughs> I am I am really happy that somebody is doing that because yeah. I see all these speed tests and it's like 350, 350 grain arrow, yeah, let's 400 go. grain arrow, super <laughs> heavy, monstrous 450 grain arrow. And I'm like, that's yeah. not even getting close to what I yeah. want. Uh, and I'm and getting a lot of flack for that, by the way. So you're welcome. <laughs> for, <laughs> Why are you, you really? shooting for, for, 50? What are you shooting? Elephants? I'm like, dude, that's a 450 grain arrow. <laughs> oh my no, God. I'm not going to shoot an elephant, well, but you know, um. well, I, I would, I would like to see the speeds like all the way from a 350 to two heavier. And, but I thought you caught, I thought you got down to like a 380 or a 400 or something, um, which is pretty, like pretty light to me. Four, I guess. 450, um, is, is my lightest. And, and the reason okay, I'm doing okay. that is. And, and I, I try to tell people why I do it as nicely as I can on Facebook. Because one guy's like, you know, what are you shooting, Cape Buffalo? Why don't you shoot world speeds? And I'm like, my heaviest arrow is six six forty. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. like, okay, here. Um. So, <laughs> so I, you know, I said, you know, personal preference. I don't want to promote shooting IBO. You know, IBO for me literally has. Agreed. No bearing except for, you know, I can to shoot a heavier arrow faster. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, right. don't go below this. Um, but, and so I told him, like, you know, I don't really want to promote shooting lighter arrows. You know, if you want to watch those lighter reviews, you can click on any of them. Um, and, and, and you're going to get the lighter arrow reviews. I, I want to set myself apart and then also set a precedence that, you know, let's let's shoot a little bit heavier arrow. Not, you know, it doesn't have to be like Rob's arrows, you know, I'll have to be pushing a thousand, you know, grains or whatever, but, <laughs> but you know, let's, I, I let's shoot the happy medium. I up 450 to 500 grain arrows all the time. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I have my personal preference, but I, I don't try and push it on other people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and so I told him, I'm like, you know, there's tons of reviews. Like, dude, just watch literally any of the other reviews. You're going to get the 350 IBO, you know, stuff. But yeah. you know, let's let's shoot rural world speeds, and and um, you know, the the ranch fairy guy likes to put you know adult arrows or whatever, and yep. I think yep. that's funny. Yeah. But I don't know if your, that would bring anybody over to your team. That's like a you know kind of like a a backhanded like hey silly kind of thing. But um, yeah. so yeah. I'm trying yeah. to put it a little bit more <laughs> nicer, um, even though I yeah. think that the ranch fairy's on point and and pretty funny. Um, but you know, I mean, that's that's. Well, as, as and I think what you're doing is applicable to the majority of, of bow hunters. I mean, I would agree. Granted, like in my area of Wisconsin, it's very common 
to see guys hunting with say like a 375 to 425 grain arrow mm. um and that's white tail and turkey yeah well you have dinosaur deer up there too so <laughs> yeah i mean they're they're larger they gotta you know gotta be hardy for our our winters i mean we've mm-hmm. already been approaching zero and already had snow a handful of times it's stupid this year <laughs> but um i guess my point was you know like i think that at least for a lot of guys that aren't pure speed freaks you know a 400 grain arrow you know four to you know 425 is fairly common so 450 isn't far off yeah and so to be promoting, to be pushing, you know, going, hey, you know, a little bit more isn't a bad thing. And showing that it's not this gigantic speed loss, you know, as you yeah. step up is is great. And that's for the guys that are like elk hunting or the guys mm-hmm. that are going after bigger game. That's beneficial and that's information that's not... Like it's hard to find that stuff without doing it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of elk, by the way, we haven't talked uh, like in this format since you shot your bull. Congrats, by the way. Yeah. Talking to me or Garrett, the other Garrett. To to you to oh, oh god, here we go again. <laughs> uh, to, Both Garrett's Garrett got one Garrett done this year too. Yeah. To to, <laughs> to you to you Weaver to, yeah, uh, Mr. Weaver and Mr. Weaver. Well, congratulations <laughs> to the other Garrett too. <laughs> That's right. Uh, that was that was a yeah. That I I tried documenting that. I, I do when you want to see cool shit or have a great hunt, leave the camera in the truck. So uh, I left yeah. the camera in the truck, yeah. and and I could have had some really cool footage of that bull sleeping with his head down and and looking around, and then could have filmed the shot. You know, about as easily as anything I've ever filmed. But I saw the bull. I was like, I'm not gonna mess this up and bring a camera and. I'm just going to kill this thing. And yeah, I, I'm extremely happy with it. And, he, and he's very photogenic. He's not as big as what you'd think. Um, I, I had a couple guys that were thinking 270, 275, and I was thinking 265. Um, but he's, he's a 255, um, which for a Rosie is a great bull. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm tickled to death with them. You know, that's my biggest, biggest bull. And, um, yeah. you know, that heavy arrow, uh, heavy for me, 535, that's the heaviest arrow I've ever shot. That's a good arrow, man. Mm-hmm. Ain't no, ain't no shame know, in that. Yeah, fourteen percent, I think, is what I'm running. And uh, dig that pass through um, through both meaty part of the shoulders. Um, you know, just it'll it, it a long distance. So I, I'm sold on on the heavier you know arrows and stuff. But um, you know, and and talking to guys, they always want to tell you how light of an arrow they got to pass through on. It's like, well, great. What did you hit? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> You know, yeah. So I don't know. I, I appreciate it, and and um, yeah. I mean, it was it was a it was a good bowl. It was a for guys that want to know. It was 80, 81, 80 yard shot. Um, that gum, son. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, and uh, complete. Well, hard pass through. My fletchings were still in the bowl, but um, you know, it, it went, we'll give it a pass. We'll yeah, give it a pass this I, time. Yeah, I call those hard pass throughs, and and uh, you know, I mean, shit. I can't ask. I don't think my four fifty seven grain arrow would have done that. So. Yeah, I mean, it's always hard to, like, judge and compare to, to other ones. But, I mean, hell, man, I, I wouldn't care if you had shot it with a with an IBO weight arrow. I'd still mm. be pumped for you. That's, yeah. still, uh, uh, that's, still, that's still good stuff. But uh, yeah. I'm just glad that we've got, a, got another advocate because uh, that's, uh, you know, like, 
kind of our entire goal is to, you know, that's get kind people, of what we're trying to do. Yeah. Just trying to get that wound loss down, man. It's just, it's just, uh, oh, I know. It's, it's killing know. us. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, well, it's, uh, or go ahead. No, I, I, I just saying it, it's, you know, it's something we're, we're working with, uh, the ABF on and, and going to try and help them with some stuff. So we're, we're pumped. We're pumped to keep, uh, keep on keeping on. I'm glad we've got another, another guy to kind of hang out in our corner and, and say, yeah, when we, when we do something <laughs> right. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and, and I'm, you know, I, I think the truth is always kind of found in the middle, to be honest with you. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a middle arrow guy right now. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking as heavy, I, I take the same philosophy you guys do shoot as heavy as you're comfortable with. You know, if you yeah. like the trajectory, shoot it, you know, um, on, on lighter animals, like an antelope, I'm not going to shoot a 535 grain arrow. I'm just, I'm just, I'm probably be back down to like 450, you know, and, um, I'll still plow right through it at 70 yards, 80 yards. There's not even oh, a probably, problem. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've gotten pass throughs on every deer I've shot out to 72 out to 72 yards with 425 to on up arrows and so um yeah you know i mean it's it's very possible i think a lot of that depends on your head and also depends on your arrow setup and then also oh, how yeah, fast you're shooting head, it but it's huge yeah yeah, the yeah. Big, honestly broadhead and making a clean shot are i guess the deciding factors on most of your smaller game. Mm -hmm. like, I guess when I'm saying smaller, not, you know, six, 700 pound, you know, your white tailed pigs. Yeah. Your small, small, big game. Yeah. Cause it's yes, considered a big game, but it's like, I don't right. consider white tail and pigs and antelope like big, big. game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the extra weight is honestly insurance like oh yeah and, i mean if you need it then you 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 wish you wanted it you, you had it but it's you you've got to make that choice and where be where you're comfortable because if you're not comfortable with the trajectory you're not comfortable with you know the ranges that you can get mm -hmm. And you're going to be second guessing. You're going to be in your own head. You're not going to make as good of a shot. And now you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. like, yep. It doesn't matter how good everything is on paper. If your head's not in it, it right. don't matter. Well, and just like, uh, you know, to, to bring Garrett, he has a mic and everything, right? I haven't heard him talk hardly at all. Yeah. I'm alive. Yeah. Um, Garrett's our quiet, <laughs> Garrett's our quiet cat. He, uh, Garrett he just hang, hangs out in the corner this year at close range. And so, you know, that, yeah. that could happen. 20 yards, 40 yards, 60 yards, whether you have a light arrow or a fast arrow, if, if, if a yep. jumps, unless you anticipated it, man, that's a extremely tough go because those animals are yep. extremely fast. I've got a buck on video. My dad shot at at 40 yards and he had him pegged. Um, but he shot two foot over that back when he was standing, um, regular that deer he probably would have shot half a foot over his back so he would have missed either way but that that deer's chest almost hit the ground i mean it was oh yeah it was gone and leaving you know tail facing us before that arrow even hit the tree behind it so yeah. um yep you know there's there's a there's a huge argument for 
for arrows. I don't even know how we got on arrows, but there's a huge argument for. I was going to say this. This wasn't the planned discussion, <laughs> but here we are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, what was the topic again? Both. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, and that's uh, you know, I'm 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 really pumped that you're here to talk about it because arrows and broadheads and stuff like that is kind of our wheelhouse and it's what we like to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but there is there you do have to have a machine to propel it. And uh, th there's kind of a reason that we haven't talked about it a ton. And it's mm -hmm. because I, th I think, and I think that we kind of have a consensus here uh, on Lethal Podcast that bows are very uh, subjective and per uh, like a personal choice. Uh, I think that you can, you can look at arrows and components and broadheads and you can say, this performs better than this for these, for X, Y, and Z. Mm. When you, you look, at look at bows... Yes, and, yes. You know, data, right? It doesn't matter what bow is throwing the arrow. Right. If you build but, a good arrow, it's it's going to perform better. Right, right. But Whereas, with bows, it, it's like, I and granted, we've kind of got this little, you know, social experiment we're going to try. Uh, but I think those are very personal. Like, I'll never, like, I prefer, even though I don't shoot them, I prefer limb stops. I think limb stops are, yeah. uh, are, personally what i i think is is uh, superior in in the way that i shoot but not everyone likes to shoot limb stops uh you know th th there's just so many things with bows where i'm like i will never be able to tell somebody what they like should or shouldn't have or what's better mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of that comes from my own ignorance because i'm not a bow technician and uh i don't i don't know everything about them nor will i ever claim to right uh, oh, just but you do your bow test Oh jeez, yeah, I'm gonna get. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, uh, I know, I know. Uh, um, which I, I am really excited about, and uh, I don't know if we've announced it, but I did. We do have a shop that we partnered with for for that test we've mentioned before, so uh, that will be coming this winter. So you all yeah, are, yeah, you're so you all got, like, very welcome. Or something? What are you doing? Uh, kind of. We are. Uh, long story short. Uh, we are going to be shooting 10 flagship bows uh, that I don't know if you guys can hear that dog outside, but man, it is pumped. Uh, um, <laughs> the dog's like, bow test, hell yeah. Uh, um, but we're going to be shooting 10 flagship bows uh, with 10 arrows from 350 to 1250 grains mm -hmm. uh, measuring uh, out to, I think we're going to try and do 50 yards. It depends on what my lab radar can actually pick up. Um, we're going to be measuring uh, speed uh, out to that 50 yard mark. And and it's it's kind of a bow and an arrow test. But the arrow test is just kind of a uh, uh, like a speed retention test uh, compared to mass mm. and and seeing how how it does it longer trajectories. So, yeah, uh, yeah we're going to shoot. I've wanted to do that for a long time. Yeah. Man, you got to get a lab radar, man. That's where it's at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll just let you yeah. guys have oh. that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they're steep. You have to take out a second yeah. mortgage, but they're uh, yeah. they're pretty neat. They are nice, though. I want to see but, you guys yeah. do something while you're at it. Is um, IBO retention, um, or not really? Wouldn't be IBO retention, but what bow maintains the best? Um, I guess speed retention for half inch increments of draw lost. So, um, mm -hmm. basically okay. it'd be like yeah. back when the primes came out, they, they boasted that most bows lose 10, you know, eight to 10 feet per se or per inch. Oh, 
And then the primes were just like, oh, yeah, we lose five per inch. And I'm like, sold. That was amazing for yeah. me when I got that. Yeah. And yeah. I don't, I, you know, I don't remember exactly what I was getting, but I kind of felt like I, it was like a diesel. It, you know, it wasn't fast to get up and go. Uh, or, right. you know, but it would pull, it would pull a heavier arrow quicker and, and, or I can't say that it would, it would maintain its, its, its load better sure, with sure. a shorter draw, but I never yeah. actually put the data or tested that. I'd love to see something like that. Interesting. Yeah. That's, you know, it's really interesting that you bring that up and I swear to God, we're going to get to bows here in, in a minute. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, our, our buddy, Brandon, uh um just posted today he was talking about like he you know he's trying to he's about to go on deployment and he's like which bow should i spend all my deployment money on <laughs> and uh and he was talking about i think it was a Botech experience hmm. and he said when he dropped it half an inch he lost 15 feet per second yeah when yeah. he went from a when he went from a 30 inch draw to a 29 and a half inch draw he lost 15 feet hmm. and and he was like they're like there's got to be something wrong and they like tried another chrono like they did everything and he verified it it was like half an inch they lost 15 feet per second it was crazy uh yeah. i at least I, I think it was an experience don't totally quote me on that don't say i'm trying to like yeah. trash Botech or anything i believe but, it uh uh yeah I, I thought that was fascinating because it's i just it's always been a written rule to me like one inch is 10 feet per second it's yeah. just how it works but apparently know. apparently not but it, a lot of it depends on limb angles so as you go into older bows, you get you start getting out of like parallel, mm-hmm. right? Right. And so now you change your draw length or you change the poundage, and you're affecting more than just that one factor. Um, and so like then you start changing how much actual rotation is happening. Yeah. And you know, there, there's other factors at play that can cause larger changes. Right? Yeah. And I think, Rob, you know what? You and I have talked about this in the difference of the f- kind of force that's being applied, whether it's force yeah. through draw weight and like raw, like mass that you are, well, it's not mass, I guess, but <laughs> draw weight that you're pulling back mm-hmm. versus uh, like a, an efficient cam system per se. Uh, um, well, you know, a, and, a really fast cam and a, and a 60 pound bow, uh, that might, you know, if you have two bows that shoot the same, the same arrow at the same speed, it, it's, it's a completely different type of force being applied to it. If it's a 60 pound bow with a really fast cam versus an 80 pound bow with a really slow cam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the other part of that, which I saw again, I think yesterday, like people talking about bow efficiency and then talking about how they handle heavy arrows and going, oh, well, this bow doesn't gain as much. It's not as efficient. It's all backwards. <laughs> because the more efficient a bow is at IBO, the less you're going to gain. It's already efficient. Mm. You can't increase the efficiency beyond the point where your frictional losses are and your, your physical losses are. And that's one thing that I, I, I am looking forward to with your test is the actual efficiency numbers yeah with yeah. having a, a force curve calculating the area knowing what the potential is and then being able to look at how the efficiency changes from ibo up right yep. because like take uh we were just talking about my monster rx1 yesterday mm-hmm. um and so that bow 
was throwing my 950 at 235. Jesus. Now, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, poor <laughs> yeah. Right? And so now my RX-3 is both bows. Uh, I, I tested them. They were both within like one foot per second of, of IBO rating. Um, and the RX-3 is on paper faster, right? Mm-hmm. Two feet, two feet per second faster, I think. 340 versus 342. And the the big difference if you shot both of them, the RX3 has a lot less vibration, which mm-hmm. is why I upgraded it. It was the one kind of downside I had with my RX1 was right. it definitely had some vibe to it. Oh yeah. Now, here's the kicker. The RX3, less vibration, it it's a more efficient bow. Yeah. Guess what? I lost five to six feet per second with my 950 grain arrow out of the same setup hmm. because the bow is already more efficient with yeah. a light arrow. There's less room for growth. I see what you're so saying. So now yeah. my 950 is at 230 because it couldn't continue gaining. It, it, it peaked. It not, it didn't like, not that it actually peaked, but its rate of growth was slower. Yeah, that makes sense. And like, a pet peeve of mine <laughs> <laughs> because people talk about efficiency and i'm going that's not efficiency <laughs> well i i mean I, I gotta get a better way of describing that then because I'm, I'm guilty of saying well you know bows like heavier arrows more like you won't lose as much like it's oh, just, they, they certainly do yeah, yeah. they certainly do um yep and that's all bows are going to become more efficient with a heavier arrow right and that's it's the way i put of, it it's a matter of if you've got a bow that's say and these are just random numbers but if you've got a bow that is 70% efficient at IBO and then a bow that is 85% efficient at IBO, mm. same specs, same IBO rating, as you go up in arrow weight, that, that bow that was 70%, guess what? It was losing 30% of its potential and was still matching the speed of the other one. Yeah. There was a lot of un used potential there yeah, right. untapped energy in my so uh, now, energy, as, yeah, as you as you recover that as you boost the efficiency through arrow mass now you're starting to see its true potential so that's like you look at the uh oneida eagles are a huge one for this those are slow bows right i mean those are like th- they don't even give an IBO rating, but they're like 305 to 310. And yet you get them up into the like 10 to 12 grain per pound range. Mm -hmm. And they're showing double the kinetic energy growth as most of your normal compounds. Hmm. Yeah. And it's because they're uh... extremely inefficient with a light arrow. (laughs) Like, yeah, that makes sense. And all the time in, in, in comments and stuff, I have to explain to people why I, I'm sometimes I'm getting above what they calculate as IBO on a heavy arrow. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's one of our... My 950 grain setup. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's one of our future YouTube uh, videos. Spoiler alert, I guess, by the way. Uh, <laughs> it's written It's written on my, uh, on my whiteboard behind me uh, in quotations... Uh, 390 IBO dart because if you if you take if you take my uh, 975 grain uh, 
dinosaur hunting arrows that I mm-hmm. uh, built for giggles uh, and you like plug it into an IBO calculator, you have to bump it up to a 390 IBO mm. to hit the actual speeds that I'm hitting because it's it's shooting 40 feet per second over what's estimated because oh. that's how much efficiency is it is gaining on the top end so interesting uh yeah so anyway all all of that to say uh you shoot way more bows than we do i feel like uh and um we are basically at the point where everybody minus uh expedition uh who is tomorrow which by the way did you see their promo it looks awesome i haven't uh, we don't i don't have anybody dude. close man i think it's bend is the nearest one um gotcha well they 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 like they came out with like a little like video it's like literally 12 seconds long oh i think they sent me that yeah Yeah. it's dope it's really cool uh um it's a caged riser Mm. uh and like i just the nitrum will forever sit close to my heart so like anything (laughs) that looks close to a nitrum i'm like i'm into that uh so uh and that's probably rob while i was looking at the expedite i was like oh man i really like this bow it's because it looks like a nitrum uh and uh so expedition hasn't released theirs yet uh which is tomorrow and then obsession hasn't released theirs yet which we think is going to be at ata but we're not 100 sure uh but outside of that basically all the big players have released their bows and you have done a video on basically all of them so far yeah. well uh minus the primes and uh yeah haven't done sessions in the in the expedites or expeditions yeah. but yeah, yeah yeah i've um we you know my lo- my local dealer is an hour and a half away for prime um Borak hates prime so they don't carry it and interesting bend um is is my next um you know and i might be able to get triple um, uh, x to send me some primes if if i if i beg yeah. and plead but um you know, another one I want to try out is the bear cure. Um, I Man, bear cure. I, yeah. I'm looking. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if in our little social experiment somebody picks it yeah. because the specs on it look pretty slick. Yeah, uh, but uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not like a a total bear hater. Uh, I think their flat, their big flagship one. They completely price themselves out of the market. No mm. one's going to pay yeah. fifteen hundred dollars for a bear. Uh, oh Jesus. Um, I didn't know it was that much. Yeah, the, the, well, well, that that wasn't this year. That, that was is. that was last year's. Oh, well. uh, um, and go pound uh, sand but, for that. Is that aluminum bow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of dodge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. But uh, anyway, um, you you have shot basically every bow minus a prime, I guess, yeah. and the uh, other ones that have uh, have come out. Uh, but uh, our other Garrett has shot the prime, so. Uh, so there's that. Did um, shot it yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we wanted to take a minute to kind of talk about talk about bows, talk about the direction that we think they might be going, yeah. and kind of I've uh, seen a lot of chit chat about uh, people being upset about the lack of new technology. No. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, and kind of why that may be. So yeah. Um, I guess uh, do you out of what you have shot so far, what has what has impressed you the most? Uh, that would be the Mach 1, PSE Mach 1, which is ironically the very first bow I shot um, all year. Yeah. And I hate it. Actually, I, I literally just watched, like, like literally, like, 
yeah. 15 minutes before we press record <laughs> i was like you know what i haven't seen him i haven't seen this review yet and i clicked uh, on it and i was like holy crap this yeah, that thing's shooting this laser beams that thing is sweet that thing is the bee's knees and i hate it i'm like i hate shooting this bow first <laughs> you know like because <laughs> yeah i'm gonna yeah. forget about it it's gonna sleep on me it's like being the first one in elk calling competition from what i hear <clears throat> mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh so you know i i keep going back to that one and you know i this is me personally, but when I keep going back to a bow and I keep comparing everything to a bow, I know that's probably mm-hmm. going to be the bow that I buy. And that has been the bow I've compared every other bow to this year, the Revolt yeah. X. Um, I want to, I want to talk about that bow quite a bit. Um, there's a lot to, there's a lot to break down on that bow. And, yeah. um, you know, one guy kind of left me, a, he, it was a complete douchebag comment, but, um, he's like, basically <laughs> do your homework, you even touch about it, you know, not having yokes. I'm like, well, I, t- I talked about how you don't need a bow press to, you know, t- to tune it. I mean, right. Tomato, tomato, you know, like I, I yeah, don't know, yeah. you know, um, you know, big pound sandwich for you, dude. But, um, you know, basically <laughs> I, I, I want to get into that bow because, you know, that bow, I think this is where technology is going to go is it's going to be as much as a do-it-yourselfer in the future. Um, you sure. know, we're going to have more tunable bows. We're going to have more adjustable bows without having to go into a shop. However, I believe that the the marketplace as, you know, there's a lot of podcasts out now. There's a lot of information if you want it. I still feel that people are, are their knowledge is lacking. If they treated their bow like they knew their rifles. Oh, yes, um, their knowledge is massively lacking. Yeah, we can it, attest to that. Yeah, there's a huge, there's a huge gap there. And so, you know, even there are, if they are coming out with this technology, you know, where you don't need a bow press, it might take two, three, four, five years or more for people to actually figure out, hey, you know, if I, un, you know, loosen this Allen screw and then I tighten this one, it shims the cam over and then I put it behind. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. So, you know, if, if you're looking at the new Bowtech Revolt X and you can tune your bow with the bow press, I would keep your Realm X. If you are wanting to get into tuning your bow, um, and you're okay with losing about five feet per second, um, then do it, get it, buy it. If you don't have a bull press, you know, I would get it because I don't have a bull press, but I have access to one, you know, literally right. I could walk there in, in less than five minutes. So, um, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on that because I, I really did like the revolt X. I, I think uh, Garrett might have been a little scared I was going to bash him because my experience with the BTX this year. <laughs> no, no, no. But I, I, um, that's one of the things that I like when you talk about stuff is that you're honest about it, and I am too. I mean, yeah, it's a yeah. To I shot that one yesterday too, and to me, it was a Realmex without yokes. That was yep. But yep. I mean, so if you already have a Realmex, don't. Well, there's no reason to upgrade because it shoots the same, feels the same. Maybe a little quieter on the shot as far as like less on it without a press, right? That'd be the upside if you're someone that doesn't have a press. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 And you know, it's, it's like, like I said, it's, it might be a little bit better on the shot, but I mean, for what is it? 1200 bucks, 1100 bucks. You might as well keep your real max and just, you know, but like I said, if you're wanting to get your feet wet with tuning, and you want to find out, you know, how to start learning. That's probably the easiest way to get into yep. Yep. tuning your bow. And I'm a big fan of it. Um, how often would you would you use that technology? Probably not very often. Um, no. You know, set it and you set it. You don't have to use a yeah. shop that's worth their salt either. 
but once a year, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, they even so. have that, you know, in their, in their ads, they like lock it and forget it or whatever, you know? Yeah. So yeah, we have this awesome technology that you're never going to use, but when you do need it, not once, you know, a year or every two years, it'll be nice to or have if, Yeah. If something gets bumped <laughs> or whatever, you know? It's, right. Right. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like if you, if God forbid you fly to Alaska and, you know, your bow gets, you know, jostled around by the, you know, guys making $8 an hour at the airport, throwing your luggage around, mm-hmm. uh, then, I mean, if you get there, like what the hell do you do? Uh, but if you have a set of Allen's on you, then that right. might save your ass. There's a good possibility. Well, I mean, none of that stuff should be moving regardless. I mean, you would think, well, when now, I went to, where uh, it could come in is if, you know, you're from a very dry environment and you go somewhere super humid and there's a big temperature swing and now you see some stretching because of the moisture you know you haven't been waxing because you live somewhere where it's never humid Mm -hmm. right and now you see some stretch and now your cam lean you know your your cable tension changes a little bit and now that changes that's where like in my head that's the only time that you'd need to adjust your your cam position like, yeah, I mean, because I'm sure we've all hunted string stretch. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, well, I'm sure we've all hunted like different climates and stuff. Especially you guys over east, you guys get some freaking cold weather, and I still haven't really had any tuning, you know, issues. Even even from like, no. you know, like I, I see your point, but at the same time, I've hunted in really big like like climate changes. Um, you know, yeah, I was just saying that that's the only thing that I can think as a potential. For sure. Yeah, right. Because yeah, like. I mean, even if your bow's in, unless something breaks or you bend a cam, like, and at that point, yeah. guess what? You're Tuning screwed. it is not going to fix it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But right. like with the, the functionality that you have there, it's for setup. Once it's set, unless the set screw comes loose and something moves, then there's really not a lot of like field functionality there. Mm-hmm. Because it shouldn't, like, I mean, I, I guess I can't think of any reason why your cam lean, your string position would change. I mean, even I with Kobe and around. Yeah. I think they have one other thing that, I mean, where it would help is like, you know, for whatever reason, if you get to a place and you're, in the middle of nowhere and like, you know, all of like, at least I do, I buy all my broadheads online. So let's say for whatever reason, I'm not shooting Valkyrie and I've decided to shoot a different setup, but I get to where I'm at. <gasps> I'm, and telling, like, I'm telling Brent. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like I get to where I'm at and then I smoke all my broadheads missing or something and I have to go buy different ones. Like your bow should be tuned good enough to, you don't have to mess with anything, anything, well, I mean, but uh, you might have to right. make like a minute adjustment to accommodate a new head, or if you yeah. have to shoot something lighter, you know, than you were shooting before, like that, mm-hmm. that could come into play. And, and I know like, that's, that's happened to people before. Yeah. So, yeah. Wasn't that a thing? Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't that a big thing for elite, like probably f- more than five years ago now, probably six, like between eight to six years ago. What's that? It was their old hunt warranty. So if yeah, if yeah, they would like if, oh, yeah, if, if your bow up. broke, they would send it to the closest like shop or dealer or whoever, yeah. and they would and they would tune it 
to you like they would ask you like what your arrow is tune it to your arrow and then send it to you yeah you would essentially get a new bow if it was a a, if you had a a a warranted so non dry dry fire non-user air complete failure you would essentially get a new bow i know a couple people that even they had user error and they still got like yeah and they just sent them a new one which is good customer but and their warranty team was pretty lax yeah um that was i mean that was also when they were trying to make a name for themselves yeah but being asked yeah speaking of elite um you know they they did a lot of shit this year that i really liked um the 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 uh which what is it? They re- haven't shot it yet, but I think it's the uh, result. What what the there's the cure and the result. The, the result the is result. the longer one. Okay, yeah. um, their their changes in in draw length adjustment I, I think are awesome. Um, Dude, that yeah. is the biggest thing from somebody. Uh, sorry to cut you off, no, and I'll let you jump back in here. But that is the biggest thing from somebody who is just looking for a flagship bow for their wife, which we ended up getting a realm, which is freaking unreal, by the way. Uh, my would do my wife setup is like, <laughs> like better than yours. It's it's better than mine for sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but uh, looking for my wife's a twenty five inch draw length, and there are a ton of bow and like she cannot shoot a twenty five and a half can't happen. Huh. Like we tried it with like multiple bows, couldn't do it. Twenty five, good. Twenty five and a half, not good. And there were so many flagship bows that were available starting at 25 and a half inches. And I'm like, we can't get it. And I've, I've stumbled upon that realm. Those 25, I was like, Oh, this is perfect. But I see a lot of people that are, you know, either guys with really short arms or girls that are wanting to get into, you know, more serious Mm -hmm. setups. And, uh, I think that elite has just cornered the market on that with the cure. Cause it goes down to what, like a 23 inch draw, which is incredible. Uh, 23 to 30 inches. And it, it holds like a pretty decent IBO. Normally when you have, you know, real big gaps like that, uh, you know, it, yeah, they're, they're slow, uh, or, or it's just not a, not a pleasant bow to draw or shoot. But, uh, I think, uh, I think the cure's done a good job there, but sorry to cut, cut you off. Continue. No, I mean, I, I think I, I would be really interested in shooting that bow. Um, I, that would be, it'd probably be without even shooting it. It would be one of the new elites, the revolt X. I think that's what it is. The revolt or whatever the hell they call it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and the Mach one, Mach one being number one so far. Um, and that is without shooting the new primes. However, which we can get into them, a seven piece string. Um, yeah. <laughs> we've, we've talked about yeah. it so far. That just That's string just, makers are just licking their chops, waiting for people to need new strings new for that. String. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's, yeah. it's it's going to be ridiculous. And and if anybody's ever shot or had a, a prime, you know, I'm not a string <laughs> expert, but I can tell you their string sucks balls. Like their factory strings, you might as well just oh, you, floss yeah, with them. You have to buy new strings. And I've seen, yeah. I've seen people argue, oh, I've never had a problem with them. It's like, well, how often do you shoot? I question your, yeah, I'm like, I question your ability to shoot then because, or tune, because yeah. the ones I've had, I took them off immediately. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, my my experience with Prime wasn't very good. I shot them the first year the Synergy came out and I had six different issues with that bow. And they didn't, well, geez, yeah, they didn't take care of me at all. And so, um, mm. you know, I, I tell my experiences and, and, you know, people may, that may piss somebody off, but, um, you know, I'll give them another go, but 
with a seven piece string, that is, that is, I'm not buying that. And when I had problem with a five piece string system on their previous model, yeah. um, I'm sure as hell not buying that. And they did some great things this year. You know, um, the modules, I think the switching to a module system was, was awesome. That's great. But, a rotating mod at that. Yeah. And you know, I just still took the poor soul that was adjusting the one I shot yesterday, <laughs> like a good 15, 20 minutes to figure it out. I'm like, dude, do you want me to do it for you? That's funny. Just <laughs> I just, the one mine was, I don't know, quarter inch out of outside of center shot. And it was shooting every arrow I wanted. Like it was just hammering, but yeah, it would just look funny when your arrows pointing like to the left and you're, <laughs> you're aiming. Yeah. It just looks really funny. Um, but that bow is the is the way that bow wanted set up, and I couldn't find anybody because I don't know how to tune a prime worth of anything. And then uh, no one here right. locally could really tune them that well either. The bow shop yeah. down south, um, Scott, he can tune them, but they're going to be outside. Um, he he tunes mm. them to where they're outside. So um, yeah, I had to tune mine way like to get it to shoot well. I had to take it way out of center shot, and yeah. I didn't care for that. Yeah, like well. You shouldn't have to shim it. I'm like, well, I either need to shim it or I got to do something because yep. it's just not working. Yeah, I mean, the mine string was, is not pushing through the center right now. Yeah, I'm like, this isn't yep. this isn't how this is supposed to work, guys. Yeah, I mean, mine was you I should the most accurate bow I've ever owned. Period. Um, mine hammered with yep. field points. Like I could shoot hmm. lights out target wise, but couldn't hit the broadside of a barn with broadheads. Really? So it didn't mean any good. Yeah, mine was shooting five different heads out of the same arrow, and I could shave veins with any. I, any head I tested, it shot out to 50, 60. It's not yards. possible. That's, That's not possible. possible. That's impossible. <laughs> but yeah, and especially when you're that far outside of center shot. <laughs> yeah. It just, it's well, like, I mean, what? that is, that tells you, I mean, we, and we've talked about this before with, you know, tuning, but it's, you can get perfect aero flight in a lot of different ways. Some of them are very unconventional and are going to be less efficient and potentially cause more wear long-term on the bow. Oh, yeah. You know, but that's like, um, I forget who did the video for Bishop a couple years ago where they were shooting long range, and the guy had that 600-grain broadhead on the, on the front of a 400 spine. Hmm. And was launching them and hitting his spot at like eighty or ninety yards. Was it lust? Like uh, lust cartridge adventures? It, I think so. He does a I lot of reviews for broadheads. Yeah, like, like well, he, he's see, like he's he's BFFs with the Bishop guys. Yeah, um, yeah, and that you could see in the video, like when the camera went to the right angle, how far out of whack that wet that rest was. Yeah. Oh, like, I remember this but, video. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It I was it. shooting clean. Yep. <laughs> like, that guy made it work, right? It's not that, you know, with how the shaft was flexing, with how it was reacting out of the bow, mm -hmm. that's where it wanted the mass for that tail to just drop in line and go. Yeah. And is it right? No, but it worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, that's all so, I really care okay, about. So, yeah. Go, sorry, yeah, go yeah. If it if it if it works, so okay. So get so your your three would be uh, the Cure, the um, Mach One, and the Revolt X are going to be your your three picks from this that's, year. You know, that's without shooting the new Bear um, and the, without sure, shooting sure. the new Elites. But you know, the the Prime shootability wise, I'm sure they are a sweetheart, and I'm sure they aim. 
Um, but I liked how I do like how like it it feels like a prime. I guess if I mean you've shot one, so you know how they like they feel good when you draw them and shoot them. They still have the same sound. I wish that they'd go to an aluminum kind of like string stop, like but twang. Like, yeah, it's like a twang. They've got kind a funky sound. sound. Did you ever hear one that sounded like a tuning fork? Did you have you yeah. guys ever heard that? Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. Mine. I saw a guy. I could hear it a hundred yards away. I'm not oh, even yeah. kidding. Wang, wang, oh, wang, wang. It's like what the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, dude, I never I remember heard anything in my life. That, like that was. Before. That was honestly my first exposure to a prime. I was at a 3D event (laughs) and I heard this this shot go off. I just heard this like twang. Yep. And I'm like looking around, like, what just broke? Like that Mm -hmm. sounded horrid. And all of a sudden I see this guy shoot again and I'm like, what are you shooting? (laughs) Like, (laughs) oh my God. Yesterday I had I was shooting the what was it, the black five. Uh, and there was a dude that was in there shooting like a three spot round or something just by himself. And I commented, like we had talked back and forth a little bit and I commented on how it still had that prime sound. I was like, yep, sounds like a prime. Mm-hmm. Like, well, he, you know, first off this dude was shooting, what a, he was shooting a PSE of some sort, but every arrow was entering the target at 20 yards at a different angle. <laughs> oh, perfect. Like, what in the hell is, I mean, he was shooting. Okay. But like, is there's a problem so you gotta keep them guessing <laughs> yeah and then uh and his shot execution was awful so i mean that probably didn't help his case but uh then i was talking to him a little bit i was like yep sounds like a prime he's like oh yeah that's because it's got the uh split split bus cables and blah blah i'm like well that's pretty sure that's not it but maybe part of it it's just the tone like it's i don't know uh, we were did you ever shoot the the Botech assassin me, uh, no, I don't yeah. think so. Or no. been around yeah. somebody that has one. Like I'm sure the, I have, but I I couldn't yeah. I couldn't recall. Well, they, like I attribute the like the sound is the same. Like they have that weird, just a different. I think it's just it's a, a different, different tone sound. that your yeah your yeah. ears just pick it up versus yeah. the other ones where they don't have that. But yeah, yeah, sounds the same, and it draws nice. Like the I do like the like I'm the cable stops on the primes are growing on me for whatever reason, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I mean they're they're, I think they make a good bow, um, and I'm sure they're a good company, but I want to see a different string system before I start buying one. And you know, yeah, maybe I don't trust. Yeah. Well, first, like even so, Austin makes strings for both of us. He makes mm-hmm. some damn good strings, but he won't make strings for me. The son of a he might this time. He might now. <laughs> he's taking more orders, I think. But he is. Yeah, he, he told me he's like, I'm not coming back on the show until I get caught up. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, so he makes you know he makes good he makes great strings, and I've never even I've never had a set move before. I know you had you had some problems with a Hoyt, but I think that was more the Hoyt than the string set or me, something. Me? Yeah. Didn't Ooh. wasn't your RX one giving you all sorts of problems? Oh, dude, yeah. Um, Africa. I forget what it was going on. It was doing some weird stuff. I didn't shoot that turbo worth a damn. I I just <laughs> I I tried. I tried. I wanted to. I mean. There were certain days where it'd be great, and then it was just I couldn't hold, pull hard enough. It seemed it seemed like, and yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. Austin um, Austin makes great strings, but he does. as soon as I like those pictures got re- I got leaked like went two three weeks ago, mm-hmm. two weeks ago because it was the last yeah. time I tried to record. Uh, 
but the pictures got leaked and then as soon as i saw it was a seven piece string set because they added the cable yokes and two i sent it to austin i was like you ready to make a bunch of money and hate your life <laughs> he's like oh god no like i'm not yeah. gonna do that i just don't well, tr- like i don't trust that bow to go into the back country with it because no. if something moves you're not gonna be able to chase it down and fix it well and that that's honestly my issue and honestly like my one concern with even with my Hoyt yeah is the more string pieces you have I mean every piece always has the potential to have a, a weak spot in a couple of strands yep or you know that, that chance is always there especially you when know, it's, kind of, it's kind of the same the same reason or the same like you know what train of thought we have with our arrow component systems or yeah. broadheads you know yeah. like i mean less, that's less parts equals less things that can break i mean the, the most stable string sets i have ever dealt with are binaries yeah three piece like everything binaries. is served there's no half sec you know there's no you know splitting your strands like those are some of the most stable sets and able to take the most abuse. Garrett, right? you are so fired. I know. You are you are turning into the <laughs> I'll say it. Now. I'll just fire myself. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know, there's ups and cam, downs. A binary cam system in a single color will be the most stable, stable that you regardless, can regardless. Right. And so that's where like I like yokes and you can still have a, a yoke system in, in a three piece. Right. And like my Hoyt is a uh, four piece. My brain's not working. I got it. Yeah, think. it should be four. Cause it's got yeah, four, four pieces on the yeah, bottom. Yeah, it's got the yeah. floater on the bottom. Um, and like, that's still been very stable for me, but I've noticed that like, if I'm in my rhythm and I'm, in my practice routine and leagues and everything else that stuff isn't staying set as long as I would expect from some of the other bows I've ran. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I normally am replacing a set of strings by the time they're nine months old. You know, I'm, I'm typically ordering by the time they're nine months old. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's like going to a seven piece, like, yeah, I don't. I don't even want to think about that. Yeah, yeah. It's sad come out with such an awesome bow, but yet a string is preventing four people on this podcast from buying it. Because if it was a, well, I wouldn't say that. So okay, so I'll, I'll give. I'll give my three. I'm going to be the black sheep. Uh, strings be damned. Uh, um, so and maybe yeah, the silver mean- rock. Rob and or Garrett, if you need to get your uh, your list together, I'll buy you some time right now. Ooh, I'm, about yeah. rattle, I'm about to rattle off mine. Uh, on paper, I think the Black 5 looks like the best bow this year. Uh, I mean, a 35-inch ATA, uh, which I'm a fan of, up to 80-pound limbs, 343 IBO. Now, obviously, it has to actually hit these specs for me to continue to think this. Uh, but that in uh, between 65 and 90% let off mm. like that sounds incredible. Uh, and especially, I think that is a very versatile bow for somebody like, I mean, I'm five foot six on a good day and you know, like I, so a super long bow, like, isn't something that I necessarily like I'm dying for but if you're a bigger guy like it you need you need the string angle or at least it's helpful uh it's helpful, in my yeah. in my humble opinion 
Uh, so the more the more that I look at new bows, the more I'm like, yeah, if it's super short, I'm not really into it. Because uh, my my Darton, which I'm not going to get rid of ever, uh, probably. Yeah, I might uh, buy another I, one of those, actually. Dude, I'm, I'm about to. It's so um, dude, it's so fast. Uh, and uh, so and it just shoots, uh, like, it shoots like a dream. Dude, it's such, it's such a good if, bow. If you need a good backup, buy a Darton Maverick 2. Maverick 2. You can find them all day for like like 400 bucks now they're and they're just freaking lights out like suit like they don't move ever that's the only bow that i've been able to shoot a bear shaft accurately to 70 yards holy smokes like no problem Hmm. yeah they're they're something else they're something else anyway uh so i think the black five on paper is the best looking bow uh so far Mm -hmm. i also really like the cure uh grant and note i haven't shot any of these yet so shootability like you know eh, like take that with a grain of salt Mm -hmm. but the cure definitely has uh piqued my interest uh it's basically a 32 it's like 31 and seven eighths i think uh sick over six and a half inch brace uh like i mentioned before draw length uh, dropped all the way down to 23 which i think is pretty cool uh holds a you know, pretty steady elite 335 ibo and elite's pretty like they don't really fit those numbers too much i don't feel like mm-hmm. uh 79 let off and the two big things obviously the ability to uh shift the limb pocket i guess to line up I mean, I guess that seems cool, but I think the quarter inch uh, draw increments is pretty neat as well uh, without having to like mess with your stops uh, and, and really, really tune it in. Um, I think the cure looks like a, like a really nice bow um, that definitely, definitely interests me. I I guess I, um, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm just kind of in the uh, longer like ATA kind of, shop now i guess because the more i'm starting to venture into 3d stuff the more i'm like oh like maybe we should just shoot the most accurate bows possible and those tend right? to be longer ata bows yeah. which is kind of wild uh Forget so about my, the speed chase and go yep. for consistency yep and that's and my last bow kind of <laughs> falls exactly into that would probably be the uh evo uh nxt 35 mm. um uh, I know, I know. You you gave a review on that one, right? I'm pretty sure, 99 percent sure. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Almost a, almost a seven inch brace. Uh, goes to 70 away. pounds. Th- a, th- a very very underrated 320 IBO. Uh, uh, from what I remember from your video. Yeah. Uh, and 30. I mean, I really like the longer axle to axle. So those would probably be my top three right now if I were to buy a new bow. Uh, I think anyway. Yeah, I shot the thirty-three and the thirty-one. I did not shoot. Oh, oh, you didn't. Oh, yeah, you didn't shoot thirty-five yet. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, but with with the PSEs, and we can hit on the PSEs here too. Is and this will segue do. great into a, a, a another area that I was wanting to cover is is um, you know, like what kind of new technology we're, are we going to see? Um, some things that I've seen is is guys are making their their risers um or putting cool things in their risers. So PSE put yep. a bottom mount for their stabilizers. Now, which I don't know why no one thought of that earlier. That's a really cool idea. It really well, does change okay. the feel has of the them. bow. Oh, you mean yep. the front? The front, yeah, yeah. the front bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lower. Lotech has the ones in the back, but not the front. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's pretty cool. And it did change the feel of it for sure. Um, and then you have Bears level and theirs. And then you have APA, which for quite a few years, I believe, anyways, they've had those like Allen or those uh, Broadhead Ranch and 
kind of tools built into their riser kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so I think you're going to continue to see um, these in Matthews with that, I, I almost called it stupid, um, that that cable <laughs> thing. The, um, the bow hanger. God. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't want to be um, I don't see how that's... negative there, but. Oh, it's okay. Here, I will be negative for <laughs> like you. It's that stupid. Was one, yeah, it's that, stupid. The silent that was connect one of their, system. Uh, I should say. I just enjoy that that was one of their main selling and That's a selling and point. And people are buying it. Like, they're buying into it. They're like, oh, wow, that's so neat. Like, what? Yeah. You can't tie a. First off, they're selling you $10 worth of paracord and heat shrink for how much is it? $60? And that's a generous estimate of $10. More like five. Yeah, I was gonna say I can buy fifty. I can buy fifty feet of paracord for five bucks at Walmart. Yeah. So yeah, if you buy Uh, the bow, do you get the paracord for free? (laughs) I don't think so. I think you also you have to pay for the extra little attachment (laughs) too. Crazy. Yeah. See, I think you're going to continue to see these little gid, you know, gadgets and and twerks to these bows because they're running out of ideas. They're running out of performance with the current way that we understand bows. Um, Yep. And I'm optimistic. I, I say this when people ask me, do you think the boat's going to get any faster? I believe they can get a hell of a lot faster. We just haven't thought of a way to do it yet. I'm, I'm completely yep. optimistic. Um, do I know how or when or why or what? No, I have, I'm not a, I'm not an engineer, but I do believe that someone will, you know, pun intended, reinvent the wheel. And, uh, somebody, somebody will come out with the groundbreaking, you know, like a dark sized, uh, invention. I am still waiting. Um, two years ago, when uh, Gearhead was just kind of getting started, if you know that company, the li- little tiny bows. The tiny, yeah. They make they make the crazy looking bows. The yeah. TRX or yep. the T, whatever their T series bows. Uh, well, that's they have the T twenty. The T18, T20, T24, and then they came out with the, uh, they had a 30 and a 35, I mm. think. Yeah. But it's, uh, uh, like true cage riser. Like it's, uh, like 30, uh, layer carbon sheet that's then machined. It's like the most rigid system you can get. But their cam design. Back, this is probably two, three years ago at ATA. There was all these ro- rumors floating around that, uh, like, three different major bow companies were trying to buy them in order to have access to that cam. Hmm. Hmm. And it's because of their helicoil patent. So the way that they get their oh, I- I'm switching this around. Sorry. There was talk about them uh, merging with Raven because that would get them the draw length. I switched it. Oh, Raven yeah. has the helicoil cam. Okay. Um, but if you've looked at those crossbows, the cam can rotate like an extra like 30 or 40 degrees compared to any other cam on the market because the cables actually helicoil wrap more than 360 mm-hmm. on the the cam like around the axle so now 
where does your leverage come from? Where does the 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 performance jump come from? Where you're taking, you know, the 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 effort that you're putting into it and then getting more out. It's from the cam design. Yeah, if it does more from work the rotation than you put into it, yeah. right? So now you look at what happens when you add rotation to a leverage system. So like on like a pulley system, you add you go from a single coil to a five coil like you look at a hoist mm -hmm. now you can lift a hundred pounds with five pounds of effort mm -hmm. so now put that on a bow like i mean th like they're getting 440 out of their crossbows with a shorter power stroke than a lot of other crossbows yeah, that's interesting, huh? Yeah, see, I'm no, a hopperist. I, I think I think stuff like that there is going to spill over. I think it's. Oh yeah, no, that's. I mean, it's going to happen. Um, I think that string materials need to make a jump hmm. before things get sense. too crazy. Yeah, because the stresses. I mean, we've already seen this in the last five six years that, like. Guys used to never change strings. <laughs> I mean, I think 10, need... 15 years ago, guys just shot their bow. And like now we're replacing strings every year. There's more stress. A, yeah, more stress. But I mean, my strings we're don't. also pickier. Yeah, mine don't need replaced after a year. I just well, do it. As soon as stuff but... starts moving. That's I, my sign that it's time to, to move. Yeah. I mean, I get mine made with 452X, so it doesn't, like, mine fuzz way worse than, like, too bad, quote, unquote, too bad, and that's yeah. why I usually replace them. Mm -hmm. But yep. I'd like to have, I'd like them to come out with a, I mean, it might exist, I just don't know, but I'd like there to be a string material that doesn't fuzz as bad, doesn't move, but has some give so it's not as stressful on the bow itself. Yeah. Oh, and that's the that's the fine line, right? Yeah. I mean, that's Good. where I think that's a big reason why you see bows have limbs going anyways is just that like uh -huh. 452x does not move. Like yeah. it there's no give what's absorption. Yeah, it's just a hard stop and it's like, "Oh. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Does but. that does that make it really does that make it vibrate more than other strings? Because there's uh, I mean, no I give on it. I don't notice it, but maybe. Hmm. That's yeah, something. I mean, that's, it would probably depend on your setup. Yeah, that's a question for Austin because he would know. Yeah, we need to get we need to get Austin and Evan both on here to talk strings. Yeah, and then there I would go. just not talk. Yeah, yeah. Austin. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would start talking. I just like preach, brother. I like, got teach like, myself. Oh, very cool. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, but. that's when Evan's another buddy of ours, and he was kind of semi-locally to me, and I've talked to him about strings a couple times, and he, when he talks about strings, it's probably how other people feel when we start talking about arrows. Like, my <laughs> eyes glossed over, and I was like, I don't understand anything that you're saying. <laughs> right. So When he starts talking strings, he's like, hey, you want this? I'm like, dude, you just whether it's experimental, make it make yeah. it the best. <laughs> you know, there's been multiple times he's like, you can't tell anybody what this is made of. I'm like, dude, I already forgot what you you know, like just <laughs> like I know whatever. Like he he just like, just did you, let me did know you how tell it me does. What it's, 
yeah yeah like, did, did you tell me what it's made of because yeah. i yeah, yeah. <laughs> how is this it's made of in unobtainium <laughs> if you ask me yeah you know he's he's I'm, I'm one of the i think his guinea pigs for new strings and i've never had a string on my bow of his that i didn't like or get That's better awesome. accuracy out of um and yeah. i think i gained um on a lot of the strings i've gained one to two feet per second with his strings so um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, plug for uh, plug for Austin. Shout out high voltage bowstring. Yeah, absolutely. What what's his what what's his uh, uh, string company name again? I can't remember. Yeah, high voltage custom bowstring. High voltage. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Well, he he doesn't take orders from from me, and I'm the host, so <laughs> God forbid anyone else be able to get them. But yeah. uh, uh, now that now that Evans no longer making strings, Austin will be uh, will be getting my business if he decides he wants to take my money. So, um, <laughs> Austin, if you're listening, then. I'm I'll just text him like, hey, we're talking shit about you on podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, Garrett, so, Rob, either of you have yeah. a have a three? Um, so I haven't shot a ton of stuff yet. Um, I've just been swamped lately. But um, I had a couple of minutes, and I swung into the shop earlier tonight. And knowing, I guess, the, the tech changes, knowing the... Uh, I guess specs, um, the, uh, God, why am I blanking now? The cure elite. Yep. That's their, yeah. their shorter yeah. hunting bow. Yeah. Yep. Um, that one definitely caught my eye and we kind of touched on this before with like the numbers aren't everything. Like I picked it up and I immediately was like, I would shoot this just, yeah the feel how the grip fits my hand is a big part. Mm. Um, I liked how it felt in my hand. I liked uh, if I held it out, how it kind of balanced um, and knowing elite, it's going to shoot clean. Um, so that one has my attention. Um, the revolt X kind of same thing. And that's, I've been a fan of the realm series yeah. since it came out. Um that's I had a rain and then I, I played with the realm and like I, I like that platform and this seems very familiar with that, like you guys kind of touched on before. Um the I guess Matt, like you mentioned, uh the uh Evo NXT thirty three had I think you said thirty five, but mm-hmm. um the thirty three I like just from uh, I, I love the Evolve Cam. I like 33 inch bows. 35, I don't mind, but like my sweet spot, if I had to pick a number for a hunting bow, and I mean, my hunting bow, I, bow, I always shoot 3D with anyway, um, but it'd probably be 33 for whatever reason. I just, I've really liked the 33s that I've shot before. Um, I'm so right those are <clears throat> those are for new bows what has caught my eye um the the black 5 i mean numbers wise yes 100% I'm telling you it looks but incredible. i i know from shooting primes before i don't necessarily like setting them up i don't like how many strings they have and i haven't been a huge fan of how they just how they felt on the shot 
and like the noise, the sound, um, which again is preference. But on paper, that bow looks amazing if it yeah. actually hits numbers. There um, is a prime dealer relatively close to me, so I might try and go yeah, shoot that. I've got week. I've got one close to it. It's, I'm I'm in the like the heart of my hunting right now. Yeah, me too. And That's so I'll be problem. I've been gone every weekend since the end of October, and I'll be gone starting on Friday for like nine days hunting. Um, and so once that's all done, once we get into December, mm-hmm. then I'm going to go start playing. Um, but honestly, I mean, and Matt, you and I have kind of talked about this a little bit. Um, if I was going to pick up a new bow, it probably wouldn't be a 2020. Yep. I, I would That's, agree. Well, you know, you know what's goofy? When I look at the specs on this bow, minus the brace height, this is almost identical to my bow. Yeah. The yeah. one that you're about to mention, by the so, way. I've played with this bow before. I've, I should have bought my buddies when, when he messed his shoulder up and decided to sell. Um, but I have wanted to pick up uh, Expedite from PSE for a couple of years. And like, I know that we've talked about like not chasing speed, but I shoot heavy bows. I shoot very heavy arrows and I have never, my, my E35 that I picked up used this last spring is the first bow that I've owned over a six inch brace height. Hmm. So I, I am not adverse to short brace heights. I, it's normal for me. It, it, it's not twitchy. It's not, you know, unforgiving because it's all i've ever known like that's that's what i have always shot 3d with it's what i've shot spots with that's what i've shot and i've shot a couple of five inch bracite bows so having something that's a little over five but that's a powerhouse is very tempting because i would probably pick that up in 80 pounds and then probably do the fast mod at 70, 70 to 75% let off. And I would not be at all surprised if my 950s were north of 250 feet per second. Hmm. And that just sounds completely stupid. And I can probably pick one up for a really good price. So Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Since I'm not actually with the, uh, the shop that I helped run anymore, I can't get uh, shooter price, you know, staff price for any of the manufacturers this year. Yeah. So, well, I want uh, I want Garrett to give his three, and then I want to talk about price for like just a hot yeah. minute. Yeah. And especially compared to the used market right now, because we've kind of been sending a couple messages back and forth in our group chat on Facebook, and what people dump last year's bows for is just oh insane. It's absolute insanity, but I don't want Let's, to I don't want to get into it, it just yet. Yeah, so I've I've got a comment on that <laughs> once we get to it. So I'll I'll yeah. save it. Garrett, go ahead. Fairchild, uh, any any thoughts on bows from you? Yeah, so if I were buying a new bow, um which do you, do you think you're just going to keep your Realmax? I'm definitely going to keep that, but 
given this new information that the the Mach One is available in eighty pounds, hmm. I might have just gotten poor. Oh, shut up! Is it really? Yeah, yeah, it is. Oh. <laughs> I don't. Which like, is also tempting. I like that bow. The one thing that I'm not sold on yet, like I need to actually shoot it, but I'm not sold on the. 32 and an eighth inch axle to axle but my bow now is 33 and something and i like it a lot so i mean in the the mach one has a longer riser i think than my realm x does i'd have to it's a 32 out, and an eighth oh well, riser right. riser, yeah, riser. Yeah, actual, actual, yeah, yeah. i don't know um but i feel like if that one shot well that would be my number one especially given how fast it was slinging a 600 plus grain arrow at 60 pounds. Yeah, it was a 60 pound bow they're shooting. Yeah. Right, uh, Garrett? Might correct me if I'm the wrong. The Mach 1 was at 60, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and you were okay. shooting, what, 600 grains at like 240 something? Ooh, I honestly, I, I don't remember. <laughs> I feel like that's what it was. At 30 inches, I think that's what it was. Yeah, but yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was fast. Zooming. It was definitely, it was, it was eyebrow enough, raising. Yeah, it was I enough remember. for me to go, hold up, what? Yeah, a lot of guys yeah. are like, well, that doesn't make sense. I'm like, well, they didn't fudge the numbers. They actually went under a little bit <clears throat> probably yeah. this year, but yeah. Oh, yeah, they were I think they I think all the PSEs are way under what they list them as. Mm-hmm. Um, but my Romex with everything I have on it is kind of a boat anchor. It's pretty heavy. Yeah. So I do like the I don't know. I also shot Austin's uh carbon stealth last year and that i really like that bow mm, that's what but the old handle is like hmm? that's what the old handle too they changed the yeah i didn't i told yeah. we've talked about that before the i don't mind that because i have a big palm so mm. like it it's pretty good for me but um so yeah that one has that one's definitely on my radar but since i shot the revolt x yesterday like i i bought a new bow for the first time in 10, 10 years at least last year, and that was shooting the Realm X. So I'd say that that one would be my number one, just especially if I'm like going off of somebody that likes to do stuff myself and I don't always have access. To, I mean, I have access to a bow press, but not everywhere I am. So like, right. that one is definitely on my, that one's on the list of three. And then I didn't shoot the elite yesterday, but I it was there. I just didn't shoot it because I didn't feel like it. But uh, for just the tunability of the Botex and the elites, like those two are on would be on my list if I were buying one myself. You were searching, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because, like, I mean, even guys that like once guys find us or find the Facebook groups we're in or whatever, or a lot of guys that live in Oregon, like until last year, we couldn't shoot mechanicals, so we couldn't hide our tuning issues. So, like, and then you have shops, like what I'd say there's three shops in Oregon that I'd trust to tune my bow, hmm. and I've been to all of them. Uh, but other than that, I I don't trust anybody to touch my stuff. Yeah. So, like, and then you know. I do know how to tune a bow and sometimes I still have issues with some of the manufacturers. So it's just mm-hmm. like, well, what would I choose? I'm not going to choose the prime because there's just too much for me. There's too much to go wrong. It can shoot. I could shoot that bow the best as possible, like out better than anything I've ever shot before. And I don't know that I'd trust it 
like packing it around for a whole season just because I don't trust something to not move. Sure. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, so, Mach 1, the Revolt X, and then the Elites, the new Elites. Yeah, very similar to Yeah. Yeah. Something interesting I'm looking at right here. Um, <laughs> it's actually a little bit of humor behind it. I put up a poll on my uh, YouTube channel uh, three days ago saying, um, and I ran out of polling options, but I had, you know, who's uh, who's liking the bows so far? Um, we know who you got. Matthews, Hoyt, Elite, Botech, PSE. I couldn't fit Prime or anybody else on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is three days ago. Okay. That is a day before the Matthews came out. And Matthews was in second place. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fanboy is much? My goodness. <laughs> Um, I do have to say, like, if Matthews comes out with a switch weight traverse style bow or like a 33 to 35 inch axle to axle later, mm-hmm. I'd try it because I really liked how that traverse draws. Like, it's super well, smooth. But yeah. rumor has it that they're going to release a longer bow at ATA. But they I've also heard do. that I've heard that exact rumor about Matthews before. And then they, it didn't happen. Yeah. I think they did that last year, though, with the Traverse. They didn't release that one at the same time as the... Or did they? Oh, really? Okay. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. But I, I think I remember hearing that about the when they released the Haywon 32, they said that like a Haywon 35 was going to be coming at ATA, oh. and then it never did. Yeah, I mean, they. I think they probably also go on how well the first ones they release are going to sell, whether they yeah, bother. Yeah. probably. Yeah. Well, there's there's 251 votes here, and uh, Hoyt got 34%. Botech got 27. Matthews got 18. Elite got 10. PSE got 10. Hmm. So Interesting. People are sleeping on PSE, and I don't know why. I mean, they were pretty yeah. bad for a long time there. Like, mm-hmm. Well, I had more they got of them. a bad rep because they were sold anywhere. Like, you could. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, even you there, would... you couldn't buy their Pro Series bows anywhere. Yeah. But yeah, well, but I mean, like, I I think this is the same battle the Bears fighting like Bears flagship might be an awesome bow. But the fact that I can walk into Cabela's or Bass Pro or Gander Mountain, are they even still anywhere that that anywhere has no clue what they're talking about? Right. And they'll tell you why that bear is an awesome bow. I'm just like, eh, all the credibility has gone. Yeah. But if, you know, if it was sold by somebody locally that's reputable that I knew, I'd be like, oh, like, okay, I'll give this a shot. But G4 yeah. actually does carry bear. Yeah. I don't right. even know who G4 is. That's the local shop to us or to me. Oh, gotcha, uh, one, gotcha. one of the ones I trust, one of the three. Mm. Mm. Gotcha. <laughs> That's where I bought my bow last year. But they, they do carry it. They, they carry a lot of brands now. They carry PSE, Bowtech, Expedition, Bear, one other one. I don't know. They they have a lot of stuff, but they're primarily Botech. But hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, Botech's big in Oregon because they're from Oregon, right? Yeah, yeah. They're just an uh, hour, Eugene. twenty minutes. The factory I could be there an hour and twenty minutes. There, I gotcha. Yeah. Huh. Well, uh, yeah. I I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Garrett. Like I think I think a lot of people are sleeping on PSE. I think PSE is uh, mm-hmm. uh, on the podium this year. I mean, well, did did all of us pick a PSE? I think we did. Yeah, yeah I think we all I, had I, the, uh, 33. I do want to try that, the NXT 35, just to see. Like, I want to see, I want to try the aluminum bow to see if it's going to be similar in 
like faster than they advertised. Well, yeah. I, I can yeah. honestly say that my Evoke 31 um, shoots good enough. It's a little bit stiffer and just a little bit less nice to shoot, a little bit less that mm-hmm. I would keep it over the new NXT series. Um, gotcha. Me personally, but I, I, I like the 31 to 33 uh, ATA range. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of funny. If you look at the specs on that Mach 1, I was um, saying before the new Bose came out, I'm like, I hope there's like a 31 to 33 inch ATA, six and six to six and a half inch brace height and this and that and that. And then the Mach 1 came out and it literally was like right <laughs> in the middle <laughs> check, of check, everything. Check, check, yeah. check. And I was like, I might look like an idiot on this one if I don't like this bow. But <laughs> but uh, it, the, yeah, I mean, I I think a lot of guys um, won't even try it, and that's just a shame. But Well, I um, think, I mean, that's where we're, you know, everybody wants speed, speed, speed. I think that's, yeah. I mean, I think fine. I like the fact that PSE was finally like, yeah, you know what, fuck it, we don't care. Just <laughs> shoot our bow. If you shoot yeah, it, you're yeah. going to like it. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. But yeah. getting yeah, people yeah. to shoot it is going to be the uphill battle. Yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah. bears had. Well, good, that was that was elite's yeah. thing forever, right? It was yeah. like, well, like yeah, yeah like the specs don't look at, the specs don't look impressive, but like just shoot it, like just shoot it and see what you think. Energy after having all the other, like they had faster bows for a long time there, and then they dropped the synergy, and everybody's like, ugh, what is this? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. then they shot yeah. it, and they bought, they sold like that synergy so smooth. God, that was yeah. a game changer. We we could not keep those in stock like even when like the last year is available we sold more synergies than any of the the new for that year elites yeah Yeah. like and then they discontinued it and we're like what are they doing like right got rid of the only bowls that sold Mm. well in okay so that's that's a good segment is uh the prices prices of new bows versus the used bow market right now uh and so uh, one manufacturer that we haven't mentioned here uh so far is darton uh uh, they they haven't released uh, new stuff yet they haven't even teased that they're going to have new stuff uh so i don't know when and or if that's going to happen but uh, well i take that back they did release one new one which is what i was going to touch on very briefly it looks like it it's, I think it's called a DS3500. It looks like the 3800, uh, but it's... Oh, that was uh, new? Yeah. Oh, it's, oh. uh, it's 35. It's it's the quote-unquote 3500, but there's it's a brand new bow with like pretty good specs on it. I think it's like a 335 IPO, and a brand new bow is going to be 399. Uh, huh. So, yeah. So, it's like it's a really cheap bow. Point being, I think... That if elite, and I know this would like, uh, there's a lot of politics if they go into you know dealers and like undercutting their their other stuff and stuff like that. But I think if elite it came out with if they redid the E35, and they were like, we're just going to make the E35 again, and we're going to sell it for four ninety nine. Like that's it. I, I think people wouldn't be able to keep them on the shelf. I really, I really don't. The, well, I mean, I know right now they go for use for. So. Yeah, well, I mean, I know they go used for like three hundred bucks right now, and I know there was that. Yep. There's that one guy online that sells them. He, he, I don't know, I don't know what he does to get so many of them for so cheap, but he sells them online, supposedly brand new for like three fifty shipped or something. Like it's just stupid, stupid cheap. Like huh. it sounds like they fell off the back of a truck. It's what it sounds mm-hmm. like. Uh, but uh, he uh, he sells them that cheap. But I think if if a manufacturer would come out with like a like a kind of well didn't uh 
Expedition did that last year, Expedition right? They did that uh, with the turmoil. Was it okay? Well, the IBO bow that was uh, seven hundred bucks or six hundred bucks. Well, I think tried it with the enlist, but that was just a re-released answer, and that one wasn't one that people yeah. really liked. Yeah, but it was still yeah. like eight hundred dollars, wasn't it? It was like seven ninety nine, six ninety nine. Was it okay? It was six nine nine? Yeah, it was, okay. and that was a setup bow. Like it was. No, okay. And, I mean, now keep in mind that was when you know their top tier, their flagships were. Twelve, thirteen hundred. Yeah. Did they drop so, back I mean, down now? Are they like reasonable again? Are they ten ninety nine? Um, I, yeah, I, I want to say that. The, I think I think the cure, cure is a ten ninety nine or a ten ninety nine. Okay, bow. I think. But anyway, so the used price market, like right now, if you go if you go on any of the Hoyt groups, you can find RX threes for what were we getting prices oh, at dude, the other day? Eight hundred dollars, I think, for eight hundred bucks. I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Like, why? And I'm not I'm not picking on Hoyt here because it's it holds the same across the board. But Hoyt is a good example because their bows new are sixteen hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But why would I spend double uh, when it's basically the same technology like there right. there hasn't yeah. there between these well, two generations the rx3 and the rx4 there wasn't like a massive jump no exactly and that's right. i mean, I, mean I upgraded from the one to the three because i i thought the feel improved a lot sure sure yeah and that um, and, and that's and that's totally like fine the four and you get it for discount really well yeah i mean i i got it at <laughs> staff price so that that helps regardless um that's <laughs> also paid. why like when I sold my RX one, I sold that for eight hundred. Mm-hmm. You know, I paid, but that's on retail. For I my... bought it for, I bought it for six hundred. Right. So at that point, I was giving someone a steal, and I still was gonna have yeah. a little bit of money left over after buying the new one. Yeah. Right. I, <laughs> so I, uh, like, I paid full blown retail for my Railmax, which is probably one of the main reasons why I wouldn't get rid of it, is because I. Yeah, sell it loaded for what I paid for it bare. So yeah. right, yep. yeah, yeah. But if I hold on well, to it for a couple years, if people don't end up liking this revolt or whatever they come out with next, like I can probably sell that. You know, I can. Mm-hmm. I'll still be able to sell that Romex for six hundred bucks. Kind of like a spider yeah. turbo again. or a spider yeah. carbon. Those bows were really popular, and they're still going for an arm and a leg. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, carbon spiders go for crazy amounts. Yep. A buddy of mine yep. picked one up for a really for like a really good price, and I was like, "Yeah, I hope you realize that you basically stole that thing because it's like re- <laughs> because no one wants to pay for their new carbon bows, so everyone's going out and looking for carbon spiders." And uh, yeah, he uh, it's a carbon spider turbo. And then I ran into another buddy of mine that bought a carbon spider turbo with eighty pound limbs. Jesus, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> hello." So it was uh it was pretty slick, but yeah, I think uh, when when I it's just hard for me to justify when I look at the like I I have bought one bow like brand new quote unquote and I say that in quotes because it was right when the Defiant came out, so the Nitrums were going on clearance, and I picked up an, yep. my Nitrum Turbo for probably below cost to be honest, uh, and but that's the only bow I've bought quote unquote new. And when I look, when I look at costs for new bows versus like now, I, I wouldn't like, I would look at the realm X versus the revolt X. I've got, I've got a, I've got a shop right next to me that like I would trust 
with you know they have a press i would trust them like i'll, mm-hmm. I'll just buy the realm x for 400 dollars cheaper and, yeah. and and do that instead yeah, yeah. well and one thing you mentioned in cost i i guess i want to at least just mention this for the listeners um so i mean shops are not really making money on bows it's like mentioning that i paid i paid you know six hundred dollars for that rx1 that is well below cost oh way below yeah staff program yeah um i mean you pay on like on those hoits that are sixteen hundred dollars yeah if you can go straight to the manufacturer you pay pennies for those bows yeah if you're like your dealers yeah, your dealers are your dealers are are still paying. I mean, that's like when they do these like end of year sales, they're essentially liquidating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like, going. I mean, I don't care if I lose a little bit of money. I need the shelf space, and I need to clear my overhead in order to afford the the small mortgage I need to buy all these new flagships. Yeah, the uh, like the markup similar to guns. I mean, they're not making you know no, a couple yeah. hundred bucks. It, you're, it, you're, it, your your like, your money is is in the accessories and the labor. Yeah, labor primarily. The yeah primarily, and you don't sell as, too much. But as uh, we kind of mentioned before, as bows become easier and easier to work on, I'm not sure where you're going to go to buy them. Well, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, all this, I think that might have been what we were getting at earlier is that like there's all this new technology, but it's still, there's still a pretty steep learning curve to know how oh, to. Oh, yeah. And that's people are like, still dumb. Yeah. There will, <laughs> like, there will always be dumb. <laughs> there will probably be an influx in shop work because people will mess with it and screw things up. Yeah. Or Once like, they figure it out, then you'll see the drop. Yeah, but I, there's I definitely going to be that curve. People are going to be tweaking stuff that they have no idea and going, I don't know why this thing's not shooting. Yeah, and then they bring it in and they've got limb one limb pockets clear to the left, <laughs> the other one's clear to the right. It's like, wow, no, yeah, wow. that's that would be why. This is a problem. <laughs> you turned one the complete wrong direction. Yeah, not sure so, how it was coming out of the boat at all, to be honest. <laughs> so Matt, uh, were you wanting to do this? Uh, mystery bow uh kind of like well i i would like to um in addition to that i i just wanted to note like real quick that when i look at all of these bows and maybe maybe i'm just like ignorant to bows in the past but i feel like i'm seeing a lot more bows that are north of 33 axle to axle and in comparison to what we had before and now i know that the these manufacturers have been on like a little recent kick lately to put out 28 inch bows and you know a lot of 30 inch bows and i'm but but i when they offer those i i seem to it's it's i don't know who started doing it first but you know i i look at the evo uh or evo nxt so mm-hmm. it's called yep. or the yep. evo nxt whatever uh and i see it in a 30 a 31 a 33 and a 35 you know they offer it in multiple uh axle to axle lengths and i think that people like me are starting to connect the dots of well, I see these, especially like I think I'm a, I don't know, I'm a great example, but I think I'm a decent example of this because I started shooting a recurve, which is a 
63 inch axle axle effectively uh it's amo length but we'll call it ata for now uh and and i'm like oh like this isn't too long so like when i pick up my 33 inch darton i'm like this thing's freaking tiny but in all like all you know comparing it to all the other compounds it's like you know it's a slightly longer than average axle by axle being 33 and i think that people are starting to realize that you know shooting a 35 inch bow like isn't like a really big deal like no you aren't like you aren't giving up that much compactness to to go from your 30 inch or your 31 up to a 35 so i wouldn't be surprised if all of these 33 to 35 inch bows sell like hotcakes and then in the future we start to see a lot more r&d put into the 33 to 35 inch area uh, because people are going to say like oh yeah I'd, I'd, I'd really move into that uh, length of a bow if it was just like five feet per second faster uh, you know or, or something like that because that, speed will all speed will always sell uh, it's and, always and, an attract yeah oh for sure for sure so I, I think I notice a bit of a trend with these manufacturers starting to at least offer more longer axle to axle bows and yeah. I hope that it sticks frankly mm-hmm. well that's I think at least locally, the guys that I deal with um, for a bow setup and that I've dealt with the last couple of years when I was still with the shop, there was a lot of guys that immediately jumped on the small bow bandwagon with the, you know, uh, with Matthews and, I mean, Bowtech and everyone came out with small bows, 28, 30-inch. Right. And it was one where, you know, in the shop, a lot of guys loved them, right? And then mm-hmm. they start getting some range and going, why is this not, like, doing what I'm expecting? Right. And, I mean, I know, just personally, I know a lot of people that turned around and, and took a loss, sold bows that they had bought, like, months prior and went and got something else because they saw the, the their own loss of consistency. And I mean, I've shot, um, I, I guess I've shot twenty eight and thirty inch bows, and I still shot them decently. But that's where, like, I I like my RX three right now. But I know for a fact that, like especially now that I'll be paying normal prices um, and I, I'm not just like stuck with it for one year. Right. <laughs> um, like the next thing that I buy is going to be over 32. It's going to be more than likely a 33 to a 35. Sure. And that's just because I, I know that I shoot those better. Yep. And I think that, you know, as people can afford to get out of, you know, what they might consider a mistake that that is going to keep trending. Weaver, have you ever thought to yourself with the, like we have a similar hunting style Mm -hmm. with Western hunting or whatever with the, you know, spot and stock. Have you ever thought to yourself, boy, I wish this bow is shorter. No, no. Yeah. I've never had that thought. Now, like you know, I I don't even think I had that thought hunting out of a tree stand either because I just I haven't really either. paid attention. But I haven't either. 
I've just never yeah, thought. That's what I, was I know say, that yeah. I have. I've shot long range before, and I've thought hmm. this doesn't hold super great. Like it's kind of all over the place trying to shoot long range. But mm-hmm. yeah, I I yeah. was actually more worried about longer stabilizers and even hunting with a longer one um, and having that quivalizer on there. I'm like, man, this wouldn't even be bad in the brush. Um, yeah. So I I don't know if the actual size of the of the setup is that important as people think it is, unless you're like in a blind and. And yeah, you have a small yeah. roof or something, but even, even tree stands, not guys sitting. have room for days, you know, you know, yeah. um, and I, that's coming from a guy that doesn't hunt out of a tree stand, but every video I've ever seen, I don't see them bump bouncing off of limbs and, and having to get around limbs I mean, to shoot their bow. I've seen nope. people will usually cut all the limbs out anyways, except for what's underneath you. Yeah. But yep. I have seen people, I've seen people tank cams, no matter the length of the axle to axle on their bar on the front because they just don't pay yeah. attention. Mm. But I don't think that a shorter or longer bow would have saved them because I've seen people do it with, you know, the Hoyt Spire 30 all the way up to, you know, E35 or whatever. It's mm-hmm. just user error. That's not yeah. because the bow would yeah, exactly. Be yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of that's just kind of the boat that I'm in now or camp that I'm in now, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I'm not trying to like make it a camp, I, but uh, I just don't, I don't think that size is like a really big deal. Like mm-hmm. I, like, I mean, what are you talking like, about? I, now? <laughs> <laughs> if you ask my wife, she would starkly disagree. Uh, um, <laughs> oh God. P- PG 13. Um, uh, uh, but I, like, I'm going to like, I hunt out of a tree stand the majority of the time. And I'm like, I have a quibbleizer on my bow and like, and that's a, it's effectively a 22 inch stabilizer. And like, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of pissed that I won't be able to run it during 3d season without getting kicked into the open class. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you know, it it, it is what it is. Like I'll I'll end up running a 12 inch and run open class and beat the guys with your hunting bow. Dude, I'm going to get my dick kicked in if I run open. <laughs> I'm going to get my dick kicked in. But we're going to talk about 3D yeah, here in a minute, but uh, yeah, uh but are. but yeah, it's a uh, um but yeah, like I fully if I was heading out like I fully believe like if like I said, if I were to buy a bow right now, I'd probably be the Black 5. I would run a 35-inch axle to axle with a quivalizer on it in Missouri out of a deer stand and I wouldn't even think twice about it. Hmm. Wouldn't even think yeah. twice. Wouldn't even, like, it's just, it's why would I not get as close to a target setup as humanly possible without being like completely over the top? I'm That's not, you know, I, and then like, I think it's interesting when you like guys are like, Oh, it holds like a, a 35 or whatever. It's like, well, if that bow imagine if it was 35 exactly you know? that's what yeah. i think i'm like okay because people have said that like the new matthews and the short hoyt and like all the shorter bows that are like 32 it's all whatever. where the weight's at it, it, they're, right, they're they're like, like, it holds like it holds just like if it, it holds like the 35 inch wood i'm like well why not just make one that's the exact same but 35 inch axle to axle Mm-hmm. Yep. imagine because yeah. then it's a 35 inch bow that's gonna quote unquote hold like a 40 inch bow like, why are we not doing this? Yeah. I don't, and I also yeah. don't believe you. I don't think that a 31 inch bow is going to hold or move like a 35. It doesn't, I don't think that's how that works. I agree. Uh, I know I, when I think it was on the defiant, when Hoyt kind of changed the game, uh, 
with changing how the string came off the cam to where they ch- they changed where it came off the top of the cam to give mm-hmm. you a better string angle. Uh, like, I think that was like, that's when you could say like, oh, like it holds like a longer axle axle bow kind of uh, uh, with with the string angle. But yeah, outside of that, like weight district, like, you know, if you can build the riser to have this weight distribution at a 31 inch, then you could probably build it to have the same weight distribution at a 35 inch and it would hold effectively at that point, like your 40 inch target bows. So why wouldn't you, if that's actually like true, I'm kind of in the same camp. I'm kind of skeptical, but that's just me. Yeah. It's all weight placement. It's no different than running a longer bar. Yeah. Or running. If you want low weight, you need a long bar. If you want the same stability with a short bar, you need more weight. So it's, it's where you're putting the weight and how it affects the pivot points. Yeah. You know, that that's all, that's all balance and center of gravity. Yep. Yep. Well, that's probably a good part to, for us to uh, segue into the next part of our discussion, which at least for us is going to be the next podcast. So mm-hmm. uh, if uh, I don't know what, Garrett's going to do, but uh, for us, if you're listening, uh, this will be the end of this episode, but the next episode will pick up uh, right after where this one leaves off uh, talking about 3D. So that's it for us, I guess. Yeah, yeah I appreciate you guys having me on. It's <laughs> <Smooth>. that episode. <laughs> yeah, it was a great, great transaction, great transition right there, Matt. Well Matt, done. you are awesome at transitions. Yeah, like, man, it's, it's impressive. I know it's, it's a gift. What can I say? <laughs> uh, so cool. It's just well, yeah. a signature. It's good. Yeah. 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 A real butcher this transition. It's going to be great <laughs> or listen to it because you don't watch a podcast unless it's on Garrett's YouTube channel, then you should. And ours soon. I think anyway, here we go. Another butcher. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thanks. Thanks for, uh, th- thanks for, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate yeah. it. And, uh, we'll segue into part two. Sweet. All right, guys, that's another episode of the podcast. 82 is in the books. And I uh, really appreciate Matt, Rob, and Garrett having me on their podcast and being able to uh, collaborate with them has been a lot of fun. Every time I get on the uh, podcast with them, I, I definitely learn something new and uh, just appreciate their time and their insight. Be sure to go check them out, the Lethal Podcast. I'll put a link down in the description box below. But outside of that, appreciate everybody listening. And if you haven't yet, please leave a review. Those, I believe, do help on the iTunes uh, algorithm. And then also, if you haven't yet, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you want to see video content. We have a really cool uh, blacktail rutting uh, mini-series for late-season blacktails on how to hunt those. And a lot of that should spill over into hunting whitetail as well. And uh, just appreciate everybody for listening. So outside of that, I'll see you on the next one. Bye.